Welcome to this week's episode of the Scopefy Insight Show. This week, I'm joined by my guest, Jeff Bedorek. He's written three books, including Rethink the Way You Sell and is well-respected in the world of B2B sales. In this episode, we're going to be talking about his thoughts and experiences on the science behind sales, the sales mentality, and overcoming sales and business challenges in the age of the pandemic. Thanks so much, Jeff, for coming on the show. I'm actually super excited to talk to you today. Uh, You know, I've been looking forward to this for such a long time, and now we're finally talking. So how has uh, business been treating you in this day and age, especially in the year of 2020 when the business landscape has really changed? So anything new and exciting happening for you? How are you coping? I know it's been super busy for both of us. Good. Um, just, you know, from, from my standpoint, um, just trying to get organized and the kids started school again today. So they're learning from home, just going pretty well so far, knock on wood. Yeah, I know so many people doing that right now. And uh, it, I've got a, a a private podcast that I'm launching next week, actually a week from, shoot, a week from today. Wow. Um, that uh, I need to get a couple things recorded, get those over to my producer, and uh, we're going to, uh, people are going to pay for it. So uh, that's the product that I'm launching, which makes me happy because it feels like um some, some of the stuff I've been working on for the past year is finally coming to fruition. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've got to renew with a couple of clients. I've got good work to do with, uh, a few clients and excited about a couple of projects that are on the horizon. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, we're, we're learning as we go. Yeah. So awesome. It sounds like a lot of great things going on for you. Things seem to be progressing. Yep, and as for us, everything's been going super well. Everything's been going smoothly. We're going to be releasing our MVP product very soon. It's been quite a busy time and a little crazy at times, you know, but that's part of working at a startup. But yeah, very busy on the sales side of things. Lots of deals being made. <laughs> okay. So I hear you're coming out with another podcast, but uh, I'm actually really excited to talk to you about all things sales. I also listen to your podcast, The Why and the Buys. Mm-hmm. That one's actually a really good podcast. A lot to learn from there. And I also read your three books. I read Rethink the Way You Sell. And I also read When It Goes Sideways. Those are uh, some really interesting books. And they have some good perspective on what's going on right now. Especially like When It Goes Sideways, uh, you talk a lot about the pandemic and mm-hmm. how salespeople are kind of are going through that situation. How to keep their head up high. You have to. Yeah. Um you know, the, the world throws punches at you and Mm -hmm. you got to be ready for them. And whenever, well, I mean, when anything doesn't go as expected, right. Or when it all goes sideways, you got to remind yourself what you know to be true. You have to remind yourself of the fundamentals that always work and you got to make sure that you're doing whatever you can to continue to move forward. And that's, that's what it's about. So I'm, I'm uh, the reception that I've gotten to that book, that little piece of work has been um, humbling. It's been, gratifying it's been exciting um i mean i'm really happy with what people had to say about it and uh i'm gonna keep doing more work like that i'm really looking forward to uh, reading more books uh when once you write them well thanks for uh, so, yeah no problem and then i also i did a little bit of look research into your background so i heard mm-hmm. that you have a background in sports medicine I do. and then you you made that switch into sales so uh what what made you switch from that type of industry so that's more of a healthcare 
background, right? And then now you're in sales. So, so I always find it interesting how people like switch industries. I've talked to a lot of other salespeople, and they've also kind of switched jobs. It's almost like they had to sort of reinvent themselves and switch careers. So I, I always find that sort of inspiring. Yeah, um, dumb luck and the willingness to take a risk. I left the hospital that I was working at um, under kind of, uh, well, strange circumstances. I told them I didn't want to come back in November. I said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to the rest of this year. Now, my position as an athletic trainer was that, excuse me, I worked in a physical therapy clinic for a hospital and that hospital also contracted me out to a local high school to take care of their athletes. So in November, when it was clear that I didn't want to work with that football coach anymore, because we just didn't see eye to eye. He's a good guy. I just, we, mm -hmm. we, we had some friction there that wasn't helping either one of us do our jobs as well as we could. Um, I said, I'm not coming back. And, but I'm, I'm going to, I've got obligations to the student athletes here. So I'm going to stay through the end of the year. And then when they came to me in May, they said, did you really mean that you're not coming back? Because if you're not coming back, we need a letter. And I said, oh, this is a big boy job. I don't just get to give notice. I actually have to professionally resign. So I gave him a letter, but that left me with four months. So I, it was the beginning of May. So May, June, July, and August. And um, I said, I, I can't, I can't, I'm not coming back, but I also don't have any place to go because mm -hmm. you can't look for a job that's ready to hire you right away when you have a couple of months before you need to go. Mm -hmm. That could be difficult. Mm -hmm. So I um, entertained this offer, a couple of different hospitals. And um, one of the ladies that sat next to me said, she said, Jeff, you need to get into sales. And I said, I don't know about that. I said, that's not me. That doesn't feel like me. That's, uh, I don't know. And she said, well, here's the deal. I got you an interview. There's a position that's open. I think you'd be great for it. And what do you got to lose? I said, mm -hmm. okay. So I went a couple rounds with the, the guy that eventually hired me. And uh, he said, look, here's the deal. I've talked to the people that would be your customers. They all told me to hire you. He's like, I know you're a good person. I know you speak the language. I know that you are a hard worker. I can teach you the rest. And I said, well, I guess. Sure, let's give this a try. I literally had, I mean, I, I could have found another job similar to what I was already doing, but the ones that were out there weren't exactly firing me up. And Well, it's like the saying, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. I had mm -hmm. nothing to lose. So yeah. I... I um, I had a ton to learn and boy, did I learn some lessons. Um, turns out I had a fair amount of money to lose because I found myself in debt trying to do things the wrong way um, mm -hmm. when I was, you know, and it was all my money. So uh, I said, look, I can do this for a year. If I hate it, I can, um, I can come back to it. Or I can come back and do what I'm doing right now because I'm good at that. Well, it never hurts to try. At least you did have a plan B in case things didn't work out. And uh, I, that was... Geez, as we're recording this, that was 14 plus years ago. Wow, that's a long time ago. But uh, I guess it looks looks like they saw something in you. Like they must have thought that you had that knack for sales, right? They believed in you. Well, what is sales? And, and that was the thing that I think was at the crux of my decision. I didn't have a very good role model for what selling was. And there are a lot of people in my family who 
treated salespeople as if they were trying to get something from them or get something mm -hmm. from us. So I didn't have a very clear understanding of what selling actually was until probably, I don't know, nine, 10 months after I even took the sales position. Cause I didn't get the, the training that I needed. I got the training that was provided. That wasn't anybody's fault, but there were, I was very much left up to my own devices to, to figure out how to do this. And it yeah. So until... they just kind of like threw you into it, I guess. Like... Well, and, they, and, and that was the situation, right? They, they needed to fill a position. And then there were a couple of things that happened right after I was hired that were out of anybody's control that drew management away, the management attentions or management's attention away. So, um, you know, when I, when I think about it, there were people who recognized things in me that I didn't even realize would be valuable until well after I started. And once I recognized some of those things that were valuable, then I could put my efforts, I could put my energy, I could put my attention, my resources toward those things. And that has led to the most recent 15 years, right? The first year was all just me, like, just, I don't know what the heck's going on, but I'm frustrated. I feel like I can do this, but I'm not quite sure. I feel like I'm supposed to do this, but it doesn't feel right. I'd rather do this. And I think that'd be more effective, but I don't know if I can do that. So many questions that go through the mind of a new seller. And um, as I started to piece those things together, I started to get more confident and started to be willing to take more risks, willing to do things the way I thought they needed to be done rather than the way, um, you know, I, than, than my initial assumptions. And um, that's, that's led me here. So, you know, when I took the job in medical device sales, I said, well, this is just a new way to serve patients. What I learned selling medical devices is the things that are important, or what I learned are the things that are important when you sell anything, not just surgical implants or physical therapy equipment or whatever. Um, there are some things that you just got to get right, regardless of what you're selling. And if you get those things right, you can sell anything. Mm -hmm. Like you said, like the first year, it was you just trying to get used to the job, like navigating sales. Like, I feel like a lot of people go through that when they start new jobs. So that that's kind of a common thing to go through. And just based on hearing your story, um, it sounds like it's a trial and error type thing, right? You need to learn from your mistakes first before you become the salesperson that you are today. And then I also kind of relate to the background because I also have a background in healthcare. Like okay. I was in healthcare administration. That's so that's also quite different from sales. Like I also work with patients, but uh, I fell into sales kind of unexpectedly myself. So it's just Most kind of funny did. how how that happens, right? Most yeah. of us did. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it wasn't like a planned out thing. Like I'm going to do sales, <laughs> or I'm going right. to study sales in university. It wasn't like that. Yeah, it just kind of happened. Yeah, you can do that now. It's becoming more and more uh, prevalent that there are sales programs in universities. But it's funny, there aren't very many people who, when they're eight years old, you know, little Johnny or little Susie, what do you want to be when you grow up? And not very many people say, I want to be a salesperson. Yeah. Right? It's just, there's a lot of people who kind of find a home there because it's a soft place to land. And it's, um, that's not always the best place to start any profession. But I think that's the, the key, though. I mean, if you treat it like a profession rather than a job, you end up getting a lot more results, a lot better results. And that goes for any profession and that goes for, you know, any position, really. Are you going to treat this like you're a professional or are you just going to collect a paycheck every two weeks?
Yeah, exactly. You have to have a passion for the job, right? Yeah, you want to actually believe in like what you're selling. You have to believe in the product, believe mm -hmm. in the method. Yeah. And also believe in yourself as well. Like, like I know you mentioned and um, rethink the way you sell. You talked a lot about uh, motivation and kind of perspective. Like it's almost as if sales is like a psychological thing, right? It's like a self-talk type thing where you need to look at yourself in the mirror and you need to believe in yourself, right? So 100%. yeah, do you think sales, there's like a science behind sales? Like it's a psychological science? Oh yeah, 100%. There, there is a science behind sales because there are processes and there are variables and there are hypotheses and there are, uh, you know, there's a series of steps that you execute in order to get, um, hopefully what you hypothesize will happen, which is a closed sale. Now the experiments, um, don't always go as planned. Sometimes there are factors that you, um, can't quite account for, but there's definitely a science to it. Now, you know, on the art science spectrum, I, I think there's a lot of art to it as well. Um, Natalie, you can't sell the way I can sell. I can't sell mm -hmm. the way you can sell. Mm -hmm. I can give you words, but if you use my words, then you're not going to have the same success that I will, because it's not just the words that we use. It's the tone. It's the inflection. It's the confidence. It's the passion. It's the presence that you have. So there's a ton of art to selling. And there's also some science that can't be ignored because and when you look at where sales go wrong, there's almost a, uh, there, and, and sometimes it's even predictable within, you know, the company or, or the rep themselves. But um, when you look at the things that you have to get right in order to make a sale, like sometimes you can skip them. You, sometimes you can skip a few steps. You can miss a few elements and still be successful. But every sale you lost, every sale you've ever lost has been because you didn't do one of those things that you know you need to do. And so the, the process in so many ways is so cut and dried that there, you can't ignore the science of it. But I also mm -hmm. am unwilling to distill it down to a science, which is m very much akin to distilling it down to a numbers game. And um, the, the math in order to make it predictably successful is overwhelming for a lot of people in a lot of industries. And that's why I think there's clearly more to it than that. Mm -hmm. A lot of the art also has to do with talking to people, knowing how to say the right things, like you said. There's no one right way to do things. Everybody has a different form of their sales art. And not only that, uh, just to add on to it, sales is also a very st stressful profession. That also brings us back into the psychology bit. Like, you know, they have to meet daily quotas. They're... I feel like they're under pressure from all sides, like in a business, right? All departments. Because sure. without, without sales, like companies wouldn't exist, right? Like how can a company do business without a salesperson? Nothing happens in the world until a sale is made. Exactly. Yeah. It's a crucial part mm -hmm. of what, like, what keeps companies operating today. Right. And then with, with uh, the pandemic, like, like I know you mentioned and when it goes sideways, like how do sales reps deal with the economic downturn in those types of situations, right? Like a lot of businesses in the economy today, they suffer, they shut down. Uh, and then there's also been a lot of layoffs of salespeople. Like, do you think uh, sales went down during that time period? Like things are opening up now. So I feel like sales is better now, but um, what did you see during that time? I saw 
a lot of people scared. I saw a lot of people confused. I saw a lot of people panicking. Um, I saw a lot of people put energy where it wasn't necessarily going to serve them the best. And that's why I try to remind people to slow down, right? It's remind yourself what you know to be true. Take stock of your current situation. You know, remember that you provide value. Remember that there's an intention for your position. And I think, you know, if salespeople were getting laid off, it's because they lost touch with why they were so valuable to their prospects and to their customers. Mm. You can never lose that. And if you're valuable to your prospects and your customers, they're going to come to you for answers rather than coming to you to cancel their orders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot, I, I don't mean to make light of the situation. I have friends that lost their businesses. I have yeah. um, prospects that didn't, you know, that were really struggling. And, and I had some companies that also thrived because they knew what they brought to the table. They knew what was most important to their clients. And the difference was rather stark. And so if you are willing to stand in your value, if you're able to stand in your value because you know what is important and how you help, um, you know, you can, you're, you're going to be much more, much more successful in any climate, not just, you know, when things go wrong and, and all of a sudden our world is turned upside down. But I think what happened during the pandemic was, and is still happening, although, you know, we're six months into it, it's kind of, there's some stability right now. Yeah, it's getting a little bit better. Is that, you know, if a lot of people who didn't quite know what they were supposed to do every day, Mm -hmm. and didn't quite understand the point behind these calls, and and couldn't think for themselves. And, you know, when, when you build a business out of telling people what to do all the time, and then when you don't know what to tell them, they don't know what to do. That's a problem. And that's great mm-hmm. during a, a, a thriving economy when, you know, people find it very easy to spend money and make decisions about spending money. But, you know, when, when it hits the proverbial fan, can you think on your feet? Can you react? Can you still be proactive in an environment where everybody else is being reactive? Those are, that's much harder to do. And I think, and I see this, you know, all the time, all the questions that come in, can you give me the right subject line to get my, all my emails returned? Can you give me the right script to use on a cold call or what's the right thing? How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? Too many people are thinking, how do I do this instead of what needs to be done? Yeah. Like they're overthinking the process. Right. But I find there's so much, so much advice out there for sales. Like it, it just seems so complex. Like Every time I'm on LinkedIn, there's there's all these different opinions on how, how sales should be done. Like you said, the same thing with like cold emailing. Mm-hmm. So many different ways to do it. Like which one's the right way, right? It's like it, sales has become such a complex thing. It really, it should actually be simple, right? Like it should go back to the fundamentals. Well, the concepts are simple, but the the execution on those concepts is not. Yeah, and, yeah, it's and, the execution. Yeah, And it's, it's rarely... Um, it's really transferable from one industry to the next, sometimes from one company to the next because of all the other factors that go into the, in the environment. Um, there's a difference between selling a lot of stuff and knowing how to sell. 
And just because you sold a lot of stuff in one industry doesn't mean you can pick up your ball and go play in a different, you know, in a different place for a different company and sell a lot of things there. There's a very small amount of people who can do that. But that's because they know how to sell and they know the, the fundamentals and they know the principles that underlie sales success. So when mm. you just ask for the shortcut, right, what's the recipe to make this dish, not how do I cook, right? Like you, you almost, a lot of people like to cook out of recipes or out of cookbooks and recipes they find online and stuff like that. And the food's still terrible <laughs> because if you use the recipe, you can do everything the way that you, um, the way that it says, right? Yeah. But there's still some things in a recipe that you have to know how to cook in order to understand. Like particularly when you're baking, Right. Or when you're whipping, you know, eggs and you got to, or you're whisking eggs and they talk about peaks. And I, I love to cook. So I could go down a wormhole. Yeah. Here. Same here. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you talk about, you know, when you're, when you're making a, a meringue or when you're making, um, anytime you got to whip eggs, right? There's a certain consistency you're, you're looking for. And if you go too long, it's broken. And if it doesn't go long enough, it doesn't work. And mm -hmm. like, so they can tell you, you have to beat the eggs to this consistency. But until you know what you're looking for, right, you, you can still screw up a recipe. Um, I know people who can screw up a recipe for breakfast cereal, right? Like <laughs> cereal and yeah. milk, right? But like just yeah. the, 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 if you don't know some, if you don't have some semblance of how to sell, then just giving me, for me giving you the scripts, the talking points that turn by turn directions is not going to help you make that many sales because there are still signs you need to appreciate, still things you need to look for. Um, but I think too many people are just asking for turn by turn directions. We want so much, or we, we look for so much instant gratification these days. Mm -hmm. I, I think there are people who don't know how to drive because everybody has turn by turn GPS on their phones. Yeah. They're too reliant on like external things to help them. How many times have you been cut off getting on, you know, merging onto the freeway or something like that? Because someone didn't realize that that was the freeway they, they've been looking for this entire time until turn by turn <laughs> says turn right now. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's, it's just little things like that. I think we need to spend some time thinking about why stuff works, not just what's going to work. Mm -hmm. And that's harder. There are fewer immediate answers. It takes thought. Um, it takes being quiet and still and shutting the phone off for a little bit. It takes going for walks by yourself. It takes having conversations that don't, you know, with, with your colleagues or even with your customers that don't lead to a sale directly, they, but they lead to a better relationship and a mutual understanding of what the other's trying to do. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of slowing down that needs to happen and people don't want to hear that. So mm -hmm. since there are so many voices out there. You can go to LinkedIn, you can go to Twitter, you can go to Facebook and go wherever you want. And you can find someone who will tell you the words to say. Yeah. And in some ways, despite how tedious that is, it feels easier. So people want to do it. And then they go and it doesn't work that well. So they just go find another one. And yeah, it's like an endless cycle. If you don't have time to do it right, you don't have time to do it twice. So what is it you're really trying to do here? Mm. Yeah, I like, I like the analogy of the cooking. Like if they don't know how to cook, then giving them a recipe is not going to make them all of a sudden know what they're doing. But if you know, yeah. if you know a little bit about cooking, you know, some of the, just some of the principles, right? Mm. And then you give someone a recipe, they can actually learn how to cook better. 
right? Mm. That, that recipe can expand their ability to cook because maybe they're putting flavor combinations together that they wouldn't have done ordinarily. And it helps them make some connections and, and they become a better cook because of these recipes. But if you have no idea how to cook at all, and forget it. You have yeah. nothing to learn. You're just, it, it's, oh, I, I couldn't make that recipe again because I don't know how, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know why I had to do it in that order to begin with. I mean, yeah, you need to have some things. sort of ability to yes. start off with, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> same thing with sales, right? Yeah. It's same thing for any anything in life, really. Even when you go to school. You know, from elementary school, we start from the beginning. We start slow, learning the basics of like math, English. Then, then we go more complex. You know, in the later grades uh, throughout high school and college, then you can actually get into the more complicated subjects. You don't just start off with complicated things before you learn the basics. That just simply doesn't work, and that is definitely true uh, with sales. A hundred percent. Do you just want to go make a bunch of money? Ironically enough, the people who are most financially driven are the least successful salespeople. Really? Very, very often. Very often that's the case because you're doing it for the wrong reasons because you're not going to take it seriously. When, when it's all about money, you're going to think differently about the investments you need to make in yourself. You're going to think differently about the length of time it takes for those investments to pass or to, to pan out. You're, you're going to do a lot of things for the wrong reasons. And the most successful salespeople out there are looking to help other people. And if you help another people get what they want, there's enough money for you. I promise. Like you said, it's not just about money. Yeah. So, like if, you, if you're just looking at money, then all you're going to think about is the product. Right. And then you're going to lose touch of what your prospect actually needs the product for, like how you can actually help them, how it's even valuable to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what really happens is you become overpowered by greed. Definitely. And adding on to that part where we mention, you know, they become overpowered by greed. They care only about the money and that doesn't lead to success. Um, so is mental health something? Sounds like that would be something that it affects, right? When, when all you look at is money and sales, is that something that sales reps have to deal with in their everyday jobs? Do they ever talk about that? Or is that still kind of a taboo issue with employers? More and more. And maybe it's the circles that I'm running in. Um, but I think, you know, over the last several years, there's been a lot of talk about EQ and emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's impossible to be highly emotionally intelligent without recognizing that there are some people out there struggling with things mm -hmm. that um, not everybody else struggles with. Mm -hmm. And we all, I, I think we all have a thing. I think, you know, um, you know, this idea of perfect mental health is still a fuzzy one for a lot of people. Everybody's got something. And whether it manifests itself, how much it manifests itself is a, um, I mean, that's a very personal, very individual thing and very situational thing. But um, look, this game is hard. Mm. This, this profession will test you. And, and if you are willing to rise to the challenge then it will teach you more than you could ever possibly imagine. Mm. Oh, uh, and, and mm. again, this is the thing. If you're in it just for the money, you're not going to last very long because it's going to take mm -hmm. you a while to make some money and it's going to be really hard to do it. It's, it's, um, it is, uh, there are a lot of other things you can go do to make a lot more money with a lot more predictability. 
Mm. Um, yeah, and a lot less stress and a lot yes. less. Mm -hmm. What is going on to you? And, and and make it something productive and positive. It really sucks losing a deal that you feel like you should have won. Mm -hmm. And that can really beat you up and break you down. Mm -hmm. Or you can turn it into a strength. You can turn it into a point of leverage. You can go back and you can revisit that deal as painful as it was to lose. You go back and you say, okay, what can I learn so I don't lose it again? So I don't make the same mistake again. And that's, that's painful. And, but it, it helps to kind of steal your reserve moving forward so that you're constantly improving. And so the mental health aspect of it comes in when, look, often we're in high pressure environments. It feels like every deal is the biggest deal in the world. Mm -hmm. You don't want to let yourself down. You don't want to let your family down. You don't want to let your company down. You don't want to go find another job. You don't, it, there, all of these things build up. And um, I think most, most rational people would, would feel that pressure. And under those kinds of, of pressures, you need to have some kind of release. But at the same time, we're told that it's important that we hustle all the time and it's not cool to take time off and it's not cool to, you know, do all these other things. So you don't feel like you can actually let your, let yourself go for that long weekend or that week once a quarter or whatever it is. And you see salespeople eating too much, drinking too much, not sleeping enough, getting sick more often. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, these are all coping mechanisms to keep up because most people don't have healthy enough boundaries to say, no, you know what? Enough's enough. Like it's important to close the sale and to, to make deals for your company, but you need to take care of yourself as well. Not just your company's interests, not just the money. The, Stephen Covey um, said that uh, effectiveness was the balance between your production and your capability to produce. So you have to manage not only what you produce, but your ability to do so forever. Mm -hmm. That means that sometimes you got to, we got to rest. I mean, sometimes you have to um, maintain yourself. You have to take care. You have to not just rest, but you have to spend time thinking. You have to spend time understanding what your next move is. Um, you know, a, a tool that is not maintained will eventually break. That's where sharpen the saw comes from. Yeah. And it's just really easy, particularly people of a certain age who are now a lot younger than I am. Um, you, you think you're invincible. You think you can mm -hmm. keep this pace up forever. And then you start to get a few years under your belt. You start to get some gray hairs in your beard and you realize, yeah, I don't know that I, don't know that I want to do that at that pace anymore. I don't know that I need to do that at that pace anymore. And what is the reason that I would try to keep that pace. It's funny. That might happen to me in a few years since <laughs> I just started out in sales, but uh, I'm still in my first year. So we'll see when I get my first gray hair. I'll yeah. come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, you start to realize, and, and if you're paying enough attention, you realize what's really important and you start to divert your resources, your energy resources, particularly in a direction that's going to be most productive for you. And um, that's how you can maintain yourself. That's how you can keep going longer. Um, I don't know about you. I can't party like I used to. 
Yeah, even I can. I'm still in my 20s, but uh, oh, I'm kind of yeah. in that older part of my 20s where like I'm I'm not interested anymore. Like all I want to do is work, hustle. Yeah, but there's I mean, there's still a lot of salespeople who think that, um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's go to work all day. Get up early because we got to hustle. Let's go to all, let's go to work. And then after work, we'll go to happy hour. And then after happy hour, we'll go to dinner. And then after mm, dinner, sure. we'll go. Yeah. And, and and it's all defensible if it's with clients, right? As long as it's with clients, we've got yeah, for business reasons, right? I mean, but I just, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> and you know what? There are so many, this is what you learn as you get older too. There are so many um, sales being made that don't require those kind of those kind of outings and things like that people forget that there's a world bigger than the one that we see every day well especially if COVID, nobody's doing that anymore right like it's all online now so no one's even networking in person and that is the lesson right I yeah mean, yeah it's like a lesson that we all had to learn mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i i um i i just think that uh we're taught that there are no excuses. We're taught that since it's a responsible, or I'm sorry, it's a results-oriented game that we need to be responsible for those results. And we're also taught, you know, particularly here in America, that if you're not getting the results you're looking for, you're probably not working hard enough. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think there's more to it than that. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's important to recognize what kind of work you need to be doing and how much of it in order to be successful rather than, well, I'm first one to leave and last or first one to arrive and last one to leave. Yeah. But if you still don't get anything done, who cares how long it took you to do it? Yeah, exactly. Who cares what they like? I guess some people do that for image, right? They think if they, they stay later, they, they come earlier, it makes them look better in their eyes of the company. Right. And I don't know, we do have a results oriented game. And, you know, I tell this to people that I work with. I tell this to people um, that do work for me. You know, I've, I've still got some creatives who help me with, uh, with my design and graphic design for different projects and things. And, um, and some other people who do some virtual assistant work for me and they want to give me uh, hourly invoices. I'm like, it is none of my business. How long it takes you to do this. Mm. As a matter of fact, I'd rather you get it done faster, <laughs> except mm -hmm. if you're not billing as many hours, you're not making as much money. I'll tell you what, this project is worth this to me. How about we do it that way? And then we save the time of counting hours. And, you know, it's just, it's not everybody and most salespeople aren't hourly workers. So don't let the the metaphor um, pass you by though. The, the idea is that it doesn't matter how long it takes you to do it. Mm -hmm. What matters is that you get the job done. And it's okay that if you can, listen, if, if you can double my production in half the time, I'm not going to dog you for not working twice the hours that you're working, mm. but people get that feeling. And I just, yeah, it's like this fake pressure that they put on themselves. I don't know what it is. It's like a mental thing. It is. Yeah. But yeah. like you said, like the best managers, they trust that you can get your job done, that you know what you're doing. Like they're not going to be looking at the clock saying, oh, you've been here nine to six. Like, like that, they, they actually want to see results of your work. Like, if you can sell, that's what's more important, right? If you're actually doing it properly, you're getting success. Right. Yeah. Right. So some people, they they're just, I don't know. It seems to, it's like that pressure thing, right? And and that's that ties it back to the the mental health. Uh, yeah, exactly. Know, to it. Yeah, it's, they go hand in hand. We've been we've been taught 
that um and, and we've been talking we've been shown that working tirelessly can can doesn't always but can yield some results and it's really easy to see now with social media all the things that everybody wants you to know that they're doing mm. and if you don't feel like you've put that same effort together a lot of times you sell yourself short by not recognizing all the things that you're doing that other people aren't either mm. and there's this really weird situation i fall prey to it all the time where i will forget what i know to be true i will forget about the good work that i'm doing because someone else does something that's really cool that i've never even tried and it's like oh man now i have to do that no jeff you don't have to do that <laughs> and that's the you know that, that's the thing this, this the pressure environment the level of difficulty and what seems to be riding on it all the time, Natalie, I've never had a base mm -hmm. salary in sales. Wow. And so all of a sudden it's like, man, if I don't sell mm -hmm. something, now I've got a wife and two little people that rely on me mm -hmm. to eat, you know, that, that just adds to everything else. And it's really easy in that challenging environment, unless you are really, really solid on a mental health standpoint, or from a mental health standpoint, um, it can be very easy to, to lose it. And I've seen people come, you know, to the brink and it's, it's not good. And I think you really have to maintain that aspect of things. You really have to enrich yourself, you know, from a, from a mental, from that mental health standpoint in order to be able to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said, like with social media nowadays, we'll go on there, we'll see, oh, somebody, you know, they're they're saying this, and then we compare ourselves to them. So that that's a huge part of it. I feel mm -hmm. like social media is really contributing to people unnecessarily. Uh, they're, they're getting like an unhealthy way of looking at themselves. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't help. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that plays a huge part. Thank you so much uh, for the conversation today. Really uh, enjoyed talking to you and hearing your perspective. Sure. Thanks for asking me. Um, I like having conversations like this. This, um, These types of, of discussions make me stretch. They make me think. I mean, and, and sometimes I feel like, um, you know, maybe I'm doing the audience a disservice by stumbling over my words, but I mean, you're hearing me think through this stuff in real time. And if that does nothing else, I hope it encourages you or anybody listening to think things through in real time as well. You know, I, I think, you know, look, if, if I went from one show to the next and just said the same things over and over and over again, then that doesn't do anybody else a service at all. But well, we there's only so much you can talk about, like with prospecting. Like I noticed like a lot of sales podcasts, they talk about prospecting this, prospecting that. But you need we need to talk about other things, right? Like, like mental health, like mindset, like COVID, economic. You know, we need we need to talk about different aspects of sales that are actually affecting people and that are relevant right now in this day and age. Well, it's one thing to have a podcast where you talk about sales. It's another thing to have a podcast where you talk about what it's like to be in sales. Well, sales is a lifestyle. It affects our everyday lives. We need to start talking about it like it is a lifestyle especially from someone like you that lives and breathes sales. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of stuff to cover. So thanks for indulging me. Thanks for inviting me. And, um, you know, this is, uh, I just, I, I appreciate the conversation.
it was also good to find out about your background and how you uh, how you started kind of from like a completely different industry and then mm -hmm. you went into sales. So it's interesting to hear about that as well. And, you know, there's some really uh, great people to look up to out there. There's Dale Carnegie, Zig Ziglar, and now we got Jeff Bajorek. So thanks again, Jeff. Really appreciate it, Natalie. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, feel free to like and share with your audiences. Also, feel free to follow us on social media, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, visit our website, www.scopify.ai.